Hi, you're listening to Go See a Show, New York City's independent theater podcast. Live theater is slowly coming back, and past guests on the podcast from Theater in Asylum are out producing again, taking all COVID-safe precautions possible with their new show, Occupy Prescott. I sat down with some of the producing team after opening night. I'll let them introduce themselves. Take a listen. So welcome to the podcast. Two returning guests, one new guest in the play. Let's start with the playwright. Welcome to Go See a Show, my friend. Your name and what you did on, and, and make sure you say the name of the show. Yes, my name is Andy Boyd, and I wrote the play Occupy Prescott, produced by Theater and Asylum, playing until October 31st at Jalopy Tavern in Red Hook. All right, Woo! whoever your press agent is has prepared you well. I love it. Um, so that's out of the way. We'll get that. You're going to do the exact same wording at the end of the podcast. Don't worry, I'm going to come back to you. Uh, we also have with us the Theater in Asylum crew. Yay! Hi, I'm Paul. I'm one of the co-artistic, Paul Bedard, one of the co-artistic directors and of the company and co-director of the piece. Yes, and my name is Katie Palmer. I am also the co-director of Theater in Asylum and the co-director of Occupy Prescott. We'll make the playwright do the pitch because you are have it down for like sure, the, the production. Try, but what yeah. is uh, even before you knew you were having this fabulous theater and asylum production? Yeah. What was your pitch for the play? What is Occupy Prescott? Yeah, Occupy Prescott is a play about one of the many hundreds of smaller occupies that cropped up in the in the fall of 2011, and uh, it's basically just about what brings these five strangers together to try to change the world. Um, and, and it's kind of a, I, I say it's a kind of a character study wrapped in a political play. It's as much about the character's emotional journeys and the kind of weird relationships. And, you know, we, it, there's a lot of talk in the play about temporary autonomous zones and the sort of the, the, the weird way that when you're in a protest movement, um, friendships and relationships can, can blossom in this kind of hothouse environment where things feel very intense and very accelerated and it's kind of a summer camp feeling and yet you can't stand each other some of the time. Sounds like uh, making a play sometimes. Sounds like making a play sometimes, yeah, for sure, definitely. Um, and I mean, there's sort of, you know, if like if I'm going to get too like, play-ready about it, like, it, Do is it. A, it is a play about the inherent value of uh, gathering together in a space to try to do something meaningful. So, you know, it's not a play about theater, but it's also sort of not not a play about theater. I've done my Schechner work as well, my friend. I get it. I get you. So um, I love it. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about something that you um, said when you were starting to describe the play. It's, you know, happened 2011. Yeah. And one of the things that I always talk about when doing Go See a Show is that I love doing indie theater because we are very much like of the moment and now. Yeah. And here we are doing a piece about 10 years ago, which is really fascinating because the issues that were really like you know kind of brought to the fore for Occupy that in some ways I think a lot of people could be like well Occupy didn't do anything like all of a sudden we're you know like if you actually think about it we're, we're still kind of talking about those things and we're yeah. maybe making progress question mark um, but it, at the same time it's a bit of a history lesson yeah I, I'll just we'll love to talk about that kind of tension there it's a history play about 2011 yeah <laughs> But, but with issues that are very prevalent now in yeah. 2021. So uh, this came to Theater and Asylum, how? And I think you can tie into my rambling quote unquote question there, the answer to why you're doing it, right? Yeah, uh, I first saw a reading of the play at Playdate at Pete's, uh, which is uh, Pete's candy store in Williamsburg, and was so inspired by the piece 
um, because I think you know sometimes Occupy gets a bad rap at having not succeeded at what it set out to do. It you know income inequality is a problem that persists. Okay, so I said that and I wasn't just <laughs> bullshitting there. I'm not just like a member of the one percent over here saying like you guys did nothing. No, I am definitely very much like uh, sympathetic with the movement, but yeah. it does feel that way. It can feel that way sometimes. But one of the things that like I love about the piece is that it. Uh, yeah, it shows the value of gathering together and it shows the value of trying to do something whether or not you succeed. And I think a lot of seeds were sown in the Occupy movement. Like I see a direct line from Occupy to the two Bernie Sanders runs to Black Lives Matter to now what they're debating in Congress, which is potentially the largest expansion of the social safety net since the Great Depression. You know, and in many ways, Occupy didn't accomplish what it set out to accomplish, but it also made so much po more possible for all of us 10 years later. And, you know, despite the frustrations that the characters are feeling in the play, they're building a community, and I believe making things possible for them after the play that wouldn't have been possible for them had they not attempted to occupy Prescott and change the world. Also, just in regards to the idea of it being a history piece, um, it's a history piece that we all lived through. So everyone has yes. very different memories of it. Um, but like 2011 doesn't feel all that different. So we were very conscious of like, how can we create a separation? So the, because uh, as we were saying, the, all these conversations are still really happening and they're happening so differently now, like the conversation and the vocabulary around them, especially being based in New York City. Like there, there's such momentum um, and and just so much more happening around these conversations. So how can we root the audience to Arizona in this <laughs> small town ten years ago? It was a it was a political climate that didn't exist. Like we live in a post Occupy Wall Street world, and how can we bring all of our like liberal, progressive New York City hearts and minds back to a time before that and outside of New York City in general? So that was a very fun challenge. Yeah, that line about uh, Zuccotti Park got a, a big laugh when we went through this. Um, I want to shift a little bit to uh, you know this. You you all talked about the nature of progress in many ways through this, uh, like how we have. Well, Occupy didn't uh, succeed overnight. Maybe we are, you know, living that long arc of history, hopefully, right? So we're also making progress as a theater community in a different way, uh, you know, from not making theater under government mandate uh, and for all of our safety to making theater again. And it was, uh, this is uh, only the second live show I've gotten to see and the first that I could cover for Go See a Show. Could you talk to me a little bit about this process, like putting this together in, uh, what month are we in? October 2021. Not a ton has happened yet. People are starting to work. We're doing this outside, which is really cool. Um, yeah, what, what's it like yeah. to produce theater in a pandemic? Right, so we, we definitely felt like we wanted the show to be environmental and outside from the get-go. So the the COVID, it wasn't a decision like COVID makes this more safe. It was kind of the opposite of like, we want the show to be outside because of the subject matter. And uh, this and is just the space. right show to do for exactly. COVID. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, but no, we took COVID very, very seriously. The actors were like testing weekly. We were always wearing a mask inside. Um, yeah, we took it very seriously, which meant it was not easy. And there were a couple days where we like had to really like we had to stick to our protocols, right? Even when it was tempting to maybe be a little lenient, it was like, no, this is really for all of our safety. Um, 
So yeah, it wasn't easy and it took a lot more just like coordination and time, um, but I think it was really worth it. Yeah, and Jalopy, uh, Jalopy Tavern, where the show takes place, has ended up being such a godsend because it's, it's simultaneously outdoors but this is not like seeing a play in a public park where you know there's people walking around and all this. We're in a in a, a semi-enclosed courtyard, so there's still like fresh air and breeze, but there's not people all around. So it still feels intimate, even though we are outdoors, which I think is just so great for the show. And they also let us rehearse a lot in the in the perform performance space, which was a, a huge benefit. Yeah, and without I mean, and I'll cut this if it doesn't feel appropriate or if you know you don't want to give away uh, any too much behind the scenes sort of stuff. But um, this is a really great opportunity to find a non a theatrical space in a non-theater location. So can you talk to us about how you found the space and worked this out? Because um, I, maybe I'm pushing a little bit too much of my own agenda here, but I really <laughs> think this is, um, shows like this are the future. We're losing spaces, which is awful, um, and real estate is just atrociously bad for uh, independent theater. Um, we gotta do more shit like this. Yeah. So how do we do shit like this? Can you, would you mind sharing yeah. some secrets or should I just cut this question entirely? Jalopy Tavern and Jalopy Theater are legendary homes for folk music and for radical puppetry. And uh, I work a lot with Bread and Puppet Theater and a lot of that community is based in, at Jalopy when we're in New York. And it really just is a magical place. So I had been coming to the bar for a long time to see music shows, to see puppet shows. And they have this courtyard that I don't think really much happens out here other than, you know, people drinking after a show. And we saw it and it has, you know, benches on three sides, like a thrust theater. And it was just screaming with opportunity. Um, and, the, you know, the owners, uh, Lynette and Jeff, are just such fabulous people and supporters of the arts and supporters especially of radical art. And, you know, we're just so lucky to be able to be here because we wouldn't have been able to get an indoor theater at this moment. We wouldn't have wanted one at any moment. And it's so great to have this non-traditional space. Yeah, I just love that, I, again, I, it's, it's cool that the work that you are making aligns with the mission of the space, yeah. which is really helpful. Um, just speaking of aligning with the mission, um, the, like you pointed out, Paul, this is the space aligns with this piece beautifully. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about challenges with that, though? Because this is one of those things that I always uh, I'd love to get to when we can in Go See a Show conversations. The actual, you know, mechanics of putting this stuff together. Um, Thrust is not easy when you are trying to make sure everybody can see everything and understand everything. Um, I'm going to thrust the mic at the choreographer, who I know is uh, part of the directing team. How did you, how did, what is your process? What was it like doing this particular show yeah. with those restrictions? Totally. Well, to be very honest, today I was really proud of our approach, watching the actors <laughs> go through it. This is opening, right? Am yeah. I opening it? It was opening day. Um, and we could really see the performances shine and that our the directing approach was very very like impulse based so it was very actors move when you feel the the impulse too and it was really cool to see that like even though they've been rehearsing the movement still felt so organic um here weeks into it because they are moving on impulse and they're moving through feeling so um it was very that was very cool but no we use a lot like <laughs> 
literally an actor today before the show was like, oh, that's why you want us to go into the corners. And I was like, yeah, I've been saying pull into the deep corners for two weeks now. And like, as long as it's sunk in, like that we've done our job, but yeah, th- it was a great moment. We had our first audience yesterday and they were like, oh yeah, I figured it out. Like go into the corner. It can be hard to see the forest when you're like in it, you know? Yeah, yeah as an actor, I totally get totally, it. Totally, totally. Um, but yeah, so we move them around as best we can. We use our four corners. There's five of them, uh, five performer actors. So move them around as best we can. Um, but yeah, we we try to find the, the physical life for these characters uh, yeah, to the fullest extent possible. And through all this, um, have you, Andy, been around for all this? Have you been making edits? Has the show yeah. changed in any way? Yeah, I, I made a couple. I made two small edits ten minutes ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I now am like at the draft of the script where I'm like, this is just the just for me script, and I selectively tell Paul and Katie about little changes. But some of it, I'm like, this is you know, we don't need to. I don't need to change this this well to an um yeah. at this point <laughs> in the rehearsal process. But yeah, I've been I've been around as as much as I've been able to. Um, and it's been a really amazing process. I really missed being in a rehearsal room and just being a playwright and spending so much time alone with a group of characters and then suddenly they're real people like is never going to not feel like literally magical to me. Like it's it's you don't get that in any in any other art form that the, the people are, you know, actually right there in front of you that you made up, you know? I mean, even in film, you know, you shoot you know, the same thing over and over again, and it, the, you don't get to see the story play out in person in front of you. And um, yeah, that's always going to feel like a, a sort of conjuring to me. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because um, I, I don't want to be too, like, you know, theater kitty about this, but like I had that moment at one point watching the show. I don't remember who the, the two actors were like on the ground talking to each other, and I was like, you're on the ground talking to each other in, in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> they're actually drawing tarot cards that are actually the correct tarot cards and the correct, like they're actually doing the thing. Like there's there's a moment in the play where somebody writes something down on an easel pad and it takes way too long. And um, and it, it just does take as long as it takes for that actor to write that thing. And, and I love that. And One of my favorite lessons in theater was like, yeah, sometimes you just need to do the thing. And yeah. when you do the thing, like that's Fascinating. It is so much more interesting to yeah. watch someone do something than anything else. Just like yeah. a simple process. Yeah, that was another brilliant moment in the piece. But no, that is definitely a big part of Theater and Asylum's ethos is like, and that's what we've been telling them for weeks of like, no, just do it. Like you're a real human in this space. Do that. Yeah. <laughs> Acknowledge that and, and treat each other in that way. Um, and I think they just get, the, uh, the beautiful actors and performers and our musician just get like deeper and deeper and richer and richer in that. Um, and yeah, well, one, one thing that's kind of, I think somewhat has affected the process a lot is that because it's not a normal process where we can easily just go to a bar or hang out afterwards or like the gathering is a lot harder so creating a camaraderie we've done a variety of things to try to create a camaraderie among the company um and i think we've succeeded in a lot of ways but yesterday after our very first performance we were able to like go out and like be outside together and like have a moment together and i think that really changed their performances today like the actual community and the spirit and the being together and like being human together um like what is that was gonna be my closing thought but that's very much what the play is about is about like being human together so we've tried to have that throughout our process in a number of ways 
I think that is a beautiful closing thought. Anyone else to augment that, or we'll come see the show? I was gonna say, let's let that one sit, <laughs> and you should come see what Katie's talking about. Um, by Prescott, produced by Theater and Asylum at Jalopy Theater, Saturdays and Sundays, at uh, Jalopy Tavern, uh, Saturdays and Sundays until October thirty-first. I didn't even have to prompt. Look at that. Brilliant. Thank you all so much for hanging and out. And if you go to the show on October 31st and you stick around, there's going to be a puppet show uh, by Boxcutter Collective later that night. Uh, make a day of it. Make a day of it. <laughs> Occupy Prescott. Tickets at theaterandasylum.com. It's sliding scale zero to $30. And come occupy Jalopy Tavern with yes. these lovely actors and crew. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Enjoy you. your opening night. Thank you, Andy, Katie, and Paul, for hanging out after the show to chat. You've got just two more weekends from the posting of this episode to catch Theater in Asylum's production of Occupy Prescott at Jalopy Tavern, 316 Columbia Street in Brooklyn, through October 31st, 2021. Head to theaterinasylum.com, and that's theater with an E-R. I forgot to ask Paul when he said it in the interview. I feel like that's a thing for Go See a Show, and I left it out. Sorry, y'all. I'm still getting back to this podcasting thing. But anyway, head to theaterinasylum.com, theater with an E-R, for a link to tickets and more information. Thanks to you for listening into the podcast. If you dig it, please like it on Facebook, facebook.com slash go see a show. Follow at go see a show on Twitter and rate and or comment on the show's Apple Podcasts page. My name is Robert A.K. Gagno. You can find me on the internet at Robert Gagno, G-O-N-Y-O dot com. Until next time, finally, go see a show. Thank you.